Welcome to the SDG Talks podcast, where we discuss all things around the Sustainable Development Goals and the roadmap to 2030. We are your co-hosts, James and Kevin, here to take you along the SDG ride. We hope you enjoyed today's SDG Talks podcast. Good morning, everybody. Today I'm talking to Dr. Jung Hun Lee about artificial intelligence and ethics and the trials and tribulations of being an analog in a digital world, um, how phones are always watching you, uh, and really what the ethical risks are with artificial intelligence. So I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed uh, taking part. Amazing. Uh-huh. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the podcast and to come on to SDG, SDG Talks. I always struggle to say that. Um, but it's really great to have you on here. We get so many different people onto this podcast talking about water treatment technologies and energy technologies and finance mm. in the developing world and all sorts of random topics related to the sustainable development goals. Um, and this is a topic that we're going to speak about today that I know very little about. And I'm imagining that a lot of people listening might not know a lot about it. So we might want to go through the paces a little bit. Um, because we're going to be talking all about facial recognition, AI, uh, algorithms, and how algorithmic operations can actually allow us to recognize people in crowds and maybe share that information with other countries and all sorts of interesting things. Um, so what I think would be really nice first, just to give everyone a bit of background to, to who you are, is if you wanted to uh, very quickly just introduce yourself. Um, and your background. Yeah, thank you for having me and then uh, having me to uh, join this interesting and wonderful podcast. Yeah, I am Changhyun Lee. So I'm the uh, research fellow. So the full name is ICTD Fellow, Information, Communication and Technology (laughs) Research Fellow in United Nations University in Macau. So the work I am doing is uh, something, some doing some research about artificial intelligence and information and communication technology related to sustainable development goals of UN, which needs to be achieved uh, by 2030. So my background have, have been like social media and then, you know, media studies and culture studies kind of, you know, critical perspective in it. So mm. my work has been uh, doing some kind of critical perspective on artificial intelligence, what current discourse is missing in terms of culture aspect or uh, social aspect or something like that. So as you said, you know, people think artificial intelligence and algorithm, wow, big word, that's super difficult, sounds like super difficult, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, I think we need to get familiar with that word and then think about mm. that in very seriously to use that correctly at the same time somehow resist it correctly for the sustainable development goal so maybe mm. that would be the over topic of today's talking yeah definitely definitely and and you're so mm. right i mean artificial intelligence is becoming ubiquitous and just ever present mm. across so many different sectors and areas of society Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually got a stat here that by 2030 is expected that 5 billion people will be living in cities, which mm. is an enormous amount of people. And I think for urban areas, it's probably even higher. 
Um, yes, I know right. that in in the east, especially, it's like eighty percent in some places living in cities, and global average will be about uh, sorry, urban spaces. Mm-hmm. Global average is about seventy percent, um, and I'm sure that these sort of smart city elements, you know, having AI technologies, um, having technologies that are self-improving, you know, traffic systems or facial recognition systems or um, AI that's sort of understanding how there's water leakages in the pipes and where where best to um, improve those those situations. Question to you then is, you know, how are you seeing your work intersecting with sustainable cities and with smart cities? And is that a big area of focus for you? Yeah, as you said, you know, more and more people are moving to the city and then most of area in the earth are kind of urbanizing. So uh, everything becomes a city. And then in today's city, looking around, you know, more more and more technologies are integrated into the city too. So wandering around the city means, uh, you know, like kind of interacting with some kind of technology somehow. Mm-hmm. So uh, my beginning was, you know, a few years ago, maybe 10 years also ago. So South Korea launched a big project. They kind of developed the new city called Songdo near Seoul, the capital city of Korea. So mm-hmm. in that city, it's still ongoing projects, but the city is there, but the infrastructure is still ongoing thingy. But they try to make a huge UV quarters and smart city that every building is connected and then all the load has a sensor to detect the kind of load condition. And then all the building has another sensor to see the kind of, you know, temperature to prevent the possible fire or something like that. Kind of imagine those kind of very smart city. Yeah, so mm. starting from there, so they use the Internet of Things and then kind of mobile phone connection sensor, and now they try to integrate artificial intelligence as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was my starting point. Oh, wow, city becomes very, you know, becomes very techy uh, to mm-hmm. get smart and then to be a city or something like that. Yeah, that was kind of my starting point. And then... Uh, the moment I become very critical about this issue was, you know, yeah, I I kind of stayed in United States, which is not my home country for several times. And then uh, I visit my hometown uh, during the like summer vacation or winter vacation or sometimes. So since the city is too smart without mobile phone, I cannot do anything in the city. So even like I tried to, yeah, it was very, I'm the citizen of South Korea, but a few years ago, I uh, visit the home country during the winter break. And then I have to visit one building. So I have to, you know, keep my baggage into the rocker. But to Mm -hmm. like, you know, to rock the rocker, I have to have my mobile phone to connect Mm -hmm. The connect myself to this rocker through the, some kind of specific application. So I was right. like, is there another way to like, you know, keep my rug is here? There was a no, and there was no. Yeah, and kind of very, kind of very difficult. So I cannot find the load, I cannot find the thing. And then that was kind of one moment. Oh, this is kind of very, it's very, it might be very, you know, and then except me, every Body feels very convenient and then they are really easy mm-hmm. to find something and they wander around with the mobile phone and technology and something like that. That was the one thing. And then later, yeah, you know, the technology 
is growing super quickly. So, and then with the, you know, it's kind of inevitable word, COVID-19. So there was another technology came in to detect our temperature, movement, contact information, and something like that. But my kind of point was technology is everywhere, but no one near me knows how it works and where our data is going or you know how it is really working so people kind of get surprised by this kind of new technology but they mm -hmm. really don't want to know or kind of it's kind of hard to know how it works so that's kind of my point uh by kind of moment of surprising and try to do some critical work by revealing how this technology works and why we need to know our data is going and something like mm. that. So that's kind of my starting point and that's kind of my uh, area of interest with the sustainable city. So I believe, mm. you know, when you see the SDG sustainable goal 11, which is the sustainable city, they never talk about technology. So they talk about inclusive city or safe, resilient or something like that. But, you know, we have to think technology and artificial intelligence in mm -hmm. kind of very serious way to think about yeah. the sustainable city. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I love that, that you're, you're almost like become, become an analog person in the digital world. Like I know. You're trying to, you just want to put money in and lock the key, but you can't use the lock. Yeah. Yeah. And then like they said, you can't, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to leave. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, well, well, then you're speaking about how, how you're coming from the social and cultural background and you, you're trying to apply your critical lens to, to this. What are the the critical risks and what are the yeah, what are the things that you're seeing that could be hazards really for us as a society going forward? Mm, yeah kind of many yeah many risk with artificial intelligence but my research interest with the facial recognition or artificial intelligence in general yeah maybe first thing is the kind of data ownership yeah something like that yeah so another moment you know i became analog that was another moment i also when i left united states after my studying I kind of realized i left a lot of individual information into this country so mm -hmm. like in the Google, so with the, through the website or my picture, through the social media, something like that. So I kind of left a lot of traces in this country, even if I left this country physically. So that's the kind of thing. And then at that moment, a lot of country try to develop facial recognition technology and then another artificial intelligence. So they need the data. So they need to they need to get a lot of data to train artificial intelligence to do some kind of work. So mm. here, but my question is, you know, so I'm I am not there, and then I work in I work and live in a different country, and then if they use kind of traces I left for their artificial intelligence, like who got the ownership for that? Or, mm -hmm. you know, and then yeah, if it's continuously used and then everybody can, and then at the same time they develop something and then facial recognition, a lot of country try to use it for surveillance, right? So we just wander around the technology and we don't know how it works, but technology is still doing some kind of job. So then uh, first concern, first list is what is the ownership of all the kind of 
data, we kind of uh, give to the city or give to the technology. Uh, and then second is how we don't know uh, what's the future use of this data. So, mm. I mean, um, yeah, people don't know how it's gonna go, right? So like, we don't know the future direction with the, this data. So maybe that's the kind of a big issue that we don't know how it works. And then another thing is there is a really small portion of our uh, position to resist it. So yeah, you know, think about the social media or something like that. We know they gather our personal information, but we cannot say no to their terms of con terms of consent, right? So in the terms mm -hmm. of policy and their facial recognition as well. If they gather a lot of their face information or our biometric information through technology in the city, we live here, we that's kind of inevitable. So there is a very small portion of portion for us to resist it and then mm -hmm. it's kind of kind of impossible so that's kind of big risk here so we don't yeah. know how it works at the same time we don't know how we can resist it yeah that's just it yeah a, a, a really mm -hmm. interesting point about the the consent forms with like social media and stuff i really find that um i find it really weird if i talk about anything like i could talk about fanta lemon the, the juice drink or i could talk about like a boat and within the next two weeks if i've spoken enough yes. about that thing i will see an advert on my like instagram or whatever for like you should drink a fanta lemon and i'm like how did they know or suddenly it's like facebook was like they're trying to sell me boats and i'm like i never talk about boats ever i just happened to like have a period of speaking about it and i'm like are they just listening on my phone the whole time like mm -hmm. what's going on there and it's like you said you either you, you either sign this very long document that's like 60 pages that you're never going to read to use the platform or you just say no there's no like unions or there's no like powerful enough regulation i think to to really make sure that that things are are, are being used appropriately and safely and maybe there is now with gdpr but i don't know if it's actually being enforced because i'm seeing these adverts um i know so maybe yeah. you know more about this i mean what's the sort of situation with these ethical data issues like how are we progressing and, and what do you think are, you know, how do we address these issues? Yeah, right. So that was very interesting. And, you know, like as soon as you kind of type something and then like all of a sudden, like something related to that word comes up in all of your social media posts or sometimes the kind of the recommended word for something like that. So when I teach the class few years ago, I did some kind of activity with my student to read those terms of policy of kind of three major social media sites. So that was super long and then the least readable text ever. And then very small, teeny word with a lot of word. And then a lot of most of students, uh, they had a, that was the first time for them to read those things. And then there, they kind of pretty much elaborated, like, you know, we might use your blah, blah data or uh, your all of copyright belong to us they already mm. kind of specify it, but we didn't know, we never read it because just, we just kind of scroll down and then, oh, okay, 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 accept, accept. And then like, you know, next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, because of the, this data issue, so EU tried to few years ago, they kind of set some kind of law. So after that, Facebook, kind of if we ask for them to give 
the store data about us, they kind of provide us. So I I did that kind of work before. So I got a huge file of Facebook. So a lot of- So you can contact a company and they have to give you- Yes, yeah, yeah. They have a small menu and then all the social media side already have it. So like if you kind of request, uh, there is some menu about the requesting my personal information stored in their database. So yeah. it might take a few minutes or sometimes a day if you are a heavy user. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, if they you, if you get it like from your profile and then small message between friends and the recommended friends list, there's a lot of like file in it and a lot of information in it. So I was kind of very surprised. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Facebook is not the only one, right? So I left a lot of thing in Google and then sometimes on another like website, we cannot avoid it. So that's the thing. And then now they try to do some automatic work based on by uh, developing artificial intelligence and using those kind of data. So yeah, that's a uh, kind of thing. And then, you know, UN also tried to do the kind of uh, data organization to make a global standard to uh, have a kind of, you know, global standard and the global consent to how we treat this much of data. And then after COVID-19, we have more data because, you know, for example, in South Korea, we, I mean, government can gather all of the movement of the people and the people who got positive yeah, at the very beginning, it was very problem, problematic. So government just opened all the information of where he had, he or she has been and then how long he or she stayed or some kind of information. Yeah, so mm. that, that kind of thing. And then, you know, the tricky part is with artificial intelligence, social media data. So kind of they try to make a law and then try to open it and then try to be accessible, something like that. But with artificial intelligence, technologies still keep growing. So Mm -hmm. they will do the technology, but we are not ready yet. Yeah, we are not ready in terms of law, regulation, or in terms mm-hmm. of you know public consent to how they were gonna use or something like that. Yeah, for example, like facial recognition technology to develop that technology, researcher gather a lot of face image from online. So mm-hmm. sometimes they get all the information, your profile information, random profile information from Facebook or Instagram or something like that. So it there was no regulation about that. So already a lot of research have done uh, by that kind of work. And then with this kind of research, like there is a, still have a kind of gender bias or, you know, some kind of uh, racial bias still in it. But before- what do, you, what do you mean by the gender bias and racial bias? Oh yeah, this is another story, yeah. You know, facial recognition is still, I mean, on one hand, we are not ready to protect those kind of facial data that will be used for artificial intelligence. But in the second, uh, it's not perfect yet. So uh, if you can find the, like people, if you find the gender bias or racial bias of facial recognition or artificial intelligence, you can find a lot of information. But for example, you know, uh, one of, one of researcher in MIT, she did a test. She did a kind of test uh, mm-hmm. about three major companies' facial recognition 
uh, technology, and then there is a rest accuracy uh, of de uh, detecting or recognizing face for uh, darker-skinned female. So mm -hmm. the reason why is the most of the people in the developing part and engineering part mostly composed mm -hmm. of the white male men. So mm -hmm. UN UNESCO did the research and then they said only 1% of female is in their application pool for the Silicon Valley. Yeah, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of yeah gender gap in the development portion. And then also at the same time, there is a very low, um, how can I say, kind of low, um, maybe kind of less education like people don't know about it's not a like you know i i don't want to say you know i'm the woman so i know the gender thing it's not the true word but it's mm -hmm. kind of very less sensitive about gender in terms of developing uh developing something uh that will be very serious in terms of gender discrimination or any mm -hmm. kind of discrimination but we haven't uh prepared for those kind of education or those kind mm. of code of conduct before we mm -hmm. develop that kind of technology. Always, mm. you know, technology comes first and then we kind of do the very, we become very busy to, you know, kind of, you know, the pre kind of minimize some kind of issues already happened. So always technology comes first and then like a lot of issue left behind. So that's kind of the biggest issue here. Yeah. It, it gets me thinking when you say about the gender gap about things like um, the average temperature of rooms in office buildings being set to the temperature for men mm. as opposed to women. It's things like that because we have different, slightly different normally across like the yeah. majority of the, of the population. Um, the yes. average is slightly different or seatbelts, you know, men being slightly bigger by average and women being slightly smaller maybe seatbelts yeah. are more geared towards uh, the men the male dummy instead of female dummy um, yeah so, so I, get, I can see how this kind of like spreads throughout so many different things mm. um like with facial recognition technologies w yeah, what, so are like, you, what is it that you do at the institute exactly like how, how is the institute working with these issues and you've spoken a bit about the un and the eu levels and i guess countries as well um how, how do you engage with these actors and try and bring about uh, ethical practices? Yeah, first of all, I am doing kind of research, but I also join a lot of different sector in United Nations, uh, try to do some, have a policy recommendation for the, this kind of thing. But, you know, the, we are not in the position to make uh, some kind of rules or law or enforce to any country to have that kind of rules. But we have to rebuild. There is an issue. There is a problem. There is a, a people uh, marginalized by technology or there is a, some kind of a discrimination here or there is a, something we miss. So what we are doing is a kind of continuously making a voice uh, through a report, seminar, or sometimes a class some kind of the class. So for me, I am uh, writing a report and following up with a lot of another report uh, from uh, UNESCO or UN Women or UNICEF or those kind of parts. So for example, UNICEF is doing a series of webinars about artificial intelligence for children. So as you say, artificial intelligence is starting to integrate into the children's toy. So one of the children's toy has a camera in it. So they kind of, 
uh, continuously, mm. yeah, you know, yeah, continuously uh, track uh, how long they stay or, you know, what they are doing, how they feel or something like that. But, mm. you know, and then again, how can we keep that kind of data of our children? for the mm. future yeah something like that yeah so yeah. that kind of revealing and then making a voice about what's missing so is there any yeah. like is there any do you work with policy then as well anywhere within the institute or is it a lot of yeah so it's also bringing in laws and um yeah engaging on a national so, level yes uh i am currently engaging in a national level with their specific policy so uh specifically after COVID not after we are still during the COVID-19. So a lot of country uh, try to make a specific uh, plan uh, for post-pandemic work. But in their post-pandemic strategy, everybody talk about digital transformation because we already kind of made uh, some kind of change during the COVID-19 inevitably because we cannot meet people but we can meet technology during the COVID-19 in terms of like because of the safety issue of our body so this is your transformation so I am in the national rebel uh, starting from East Asian country I am uh, looking for their kind of I am also with also the how their digital policy and artificial intelligence policy is composed of, but at the mm -hmm. same time, I'm looking for how much they are interested in digital inclusion and then mm -hmm. uh, kind of data protection and those kind of possible um, thing and then possible bumper for people to join uh, this city safely, mm -hmm. inclusively and sustainably yeah mm. so i guess it must be quite difficult as well because countries they want to be part of the digital revolution they want to be front runners in the digital revolution and they don't want to be held back and they don't want mm -hmm. some policy that ham hamstrings their ability to to become technology exporters or you know thought leaders in the space which will help their economy yeah. and yeah it only takes one country to go too far to go wrong for it to ruin the party for everyone um yeah God, yeah yeah, actually, it's kind of very difficult to find those kind of policy, digital inclusion, and then data law. We are all, most of country are not there yet. They are all talking about the innovation, development, like integration mm. into the city, like something like that. So you know, all kind of word usually attached to the technology, you know, innovative, convenient, like that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah development something like that so most of countries policies are not there yet yeah so i mean that's kind of maybe our lore to suggest that direction in the make mm -hmm. voice or do the, the, the kind of research or kind of uh, small class activity as well to let people know about that issue yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, cool mm -hmm. what before um about sdg 11 and uh, how it how it relates to your work, but is it something that is the sustainable development goals a framework that you refer to often at work? Is is it something that you, you know, when you're with students, are you teaching around the sustainable development goals? What's the relationship there with, with the SDGs? Mm, uh, my, well, most of my work is thinking about the relating SDG to technology. 
specifically artificial intelligence. So if we you review the artificial, uh, if you review the sustainable development goal, there is a no specific word or specific focus on technology in it yet. But uh, United Nations uh, Secretary General's Office kind of released additional report about the digital strategy or digital inclusion or something like the human right in the artificial intelligence, those kind of different set of topics and the set of the series of webinar and report. But still, uh, it's kind of we are a little bit behind comparing to the speed of, you know, development of new technology, innovation mm. of the new technology. So like my work uh, in the class and research, whatever I do, I always uh, let people to think about where is, this, the, where is the position of technology, specifically artificial intelligence in the sustainable development goal. So for example, with the 11 sustainable cities, I told you when you the sustainable cities talking about the green city with the uh, reasonable housing fee, transportation, and safe city, and inclusive and resilient and sustainable. But when they say safe city, uh, if that's the only goal, uh, people might say okay to have a security camera uh, with the facial recognition technology in it. But I don't mm -hmm. think that's the the meaning of the safe, because you know it might uh, achieve kind of a safe in terms of minimizing criminal little bit, but at the same time we kind of there is a harm there is a harm of privacy and then you know our freedom or our freedom of choice or something like that. So there is a lot of ethical issues in in it, and then at at the end that's not safe for all of the citizen. So we have mm. to think about all kind of word in SDG and then SDG school. Sometimes technology and artificial intelligence are enabler of those kind of goals, but sometimes mm. they kind of minimize or harm sustainable goals uh, mm. on the other hand. So yeah. that's, mm, that's kind of my current way and then current relation with the sustainable development goal in my work, yeah, and my focus. Cool, cool, awesome. Awesome. Well, you've shared a lot here about AI and about uh, the dances of technology and sensors, facial recognition. I don't know if there's any positive notes or last thoughts that you'd, you'd like to leave with anyone listening. Is the world going to, are we doomed to, to a matrix style end? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, positive, right. Yeah, I can see some resistance worldwide. So, you know, last year, Hong Kong used the facial recognition security camera to detect the protester uh, against the country, against the nation and government. So mm -hmm. that was very yeah, internationally kind of spotlighted. But people used the umbrella and then people used the laser beam to uh, mess around the security camera with the facial recognition technology. And then some people mm -hmm. draw some kind of a lot of random line and dot in the face because you know facial recognition work by detecting your position of your eye nose and then they kind of detect the they kind of calculate the distance between those dots or those lines or something like that but people mm -hmm. know some of people know how it works so they try to mess around the technology by drawing something in their face and then using laser beam and then one of the 
school developed some random T-shirts has a, like a lot of um, different dot in here. So technology cannot recognize which one is the face or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I can see a uh, very creative. So as I said, we have a very small portion to because you know if city become smarter. Uh, by integrating a lot of technology and artificial intelligence, we might not have a choice uh, because we need to live in this city. And then there is a, something in the city already. I told you, like, going back to my uh, personal experience at the beginning, so I want to keep this luggage, but I don't have a mobile phone. Do you want to keep the luggage? You have to buy your mobile phone first, something like that. So it's kind of logic of smart city nowadays. But uh, even if that's true, but people become very creative and then people become very uh, playful to resist in those kind of artificial intelligence technology and something like that. I think that's a kind of what I can see in the positive side. And then mm -hmm. a lot of young people and then people try to be more aware of their right to their data or their their kind of personal information and things like that. Yeah. So whenever I have a class activity about this one, people has very have a very eye-opening moment and then they said I kind of close my social media account and those kind of things sometimes happen. Yeah. So maybe it does <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. So that's the kind of uh, positive side I am seeing. So uh, of course, technology will change a lot of things and then they will be kind of helpful to achieve sustainable development core. In terms of climate change, they are actually artificial intelligence. We are detecting air pollution or water level, a lot of things. Artificial intelligence is doing a lot of things in terms of uh, sustainable development goals but at the same time so we have to be very cautious about the downside of it and then what's the portion of the human resistance or what would be our right and then what would our way to coexist with those technologies sustainably yeah mm. so I don't think resisting technology and then like not using, I don't want to use that technology. That I don't think that's the solution in terms of a sustainable way. So to live sustainably with the technology, so we have to think about how we can coexist with that. Yeah, what is the line between us and then technology or sometimes there is a no line. So because, you know, now we already have a lot of technology in here so we cannot live uh, without technology but yeah there is a kind of what's the way uh, mm. to move forward to be coexisted yeah. with artificial intelligence and technology cool awesome well thank you very much for coming on the podcast and for sharing all these insights into artificial intelligence and, and ethics and all the rest of it if if anyone wants to find out more i'm going to put your contact details in the bottom of the description so they can reach out to you if they've got any questions and maybe I could also share some some pieces of work of yours. Um, so if anyone wants to read more into to what you've been up to. But otherwise, just wanted to say thank you very much for coming on today. And I uh, hope you have a great evening. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the STG Talks podcast. 
make sure to check out all the show notes for relevant links from this show. Please share and follow SCG Talks on social media and stay tuned for updates from the Unleash and United Nations community. The goal of SDG Talks is to bring you value. So if you want to learn about something specific or have suggestions, please let us know. We look forward to seeing you next time on SDG Talks.